Hello, and welcome to the Music Teacher Coffee Talk podcast. I'm Tanya. And I'm Carrie. We are both elementary music teachers who love to talk shop, preferably over a steaming cup of coffee. This is episode number 144. Today we are continuing our Recipes for Success series and discussing intermediate lesson segments. We'll also talk about our highs and lows from the teaching week, discuss some ideas in our Know Better, Do Better segment, share a Work Smarter, Not Harder teacher tip, And in our CODA section, we'll give some specific recommendations of our favorite things we are enjoying in and out of the music room. So grab your beverage of choice and let's get started. It's time for our highs and lows from the teaching week. Carrie, how how has it been going? Do you have a high or a low to share? Um, well, I'm going to discuss a high, but it's not necessarily teaching related. Uh, last week, I uh, weekend, I got to go to Chicago as part of the fall board meeting for Oak, the Organization of American Kodai Educators, in which I am currently serving as a member at large. So um, it's one time that we get together other than the spring conference and we got to go to the palmer house which is where the spring conference will be so um you know just being with oak people like you know when people ask us like why join oak what are the benefits of it generally other than you know discounted membership or discounted workshops and and uh registration to conferences the thing that i hear most often and what we say is like it's the people it's the community that we build the people that we took levels with or the people that we've just met throughout the many years of being a part of the organization and it just feels like summer camp reunion you know every time you see those people because it's people who not only get you as music teachers which that in itself is rare but people who get you as kodai inspired music teachers which you know just brings a, a new set of challenges but also beautiful moments right so anyways it was just great to be with those people awesome to see the palmer house and where our conference is going to be i'm just so incredibly excited about you know the building itself is really cool and old and historical um the conference space is beautiful and yeah just and then chicago i mean hello it's amazing um got to walk around chicago with my dear friend rebecca and ginger and you know just experience some Chicago in the fall. It was quite rainy, but we did get like one clear night to walk around and see some things. And I grew up not too far from there. So I got to be kind of the hostess and be like, here's where I remember going when I was a little girl um, to this place. But then of course, so many things have changed. But anyways, I'm just really excited about Oak in Chicago. And we'll we'll link the conference information because registration is open now, correct? So yeah. we'll link all that information in our show notes. Um please, yes, if you've one. ever considered coming to an Oak conference, this is this is the year to do it. It's our 50th anniversary. It's in Chicago. It's just gonna be a really big, exciting conference. So definitely jump on the opportunity if you have it. I know. I was jealous seeing uh your texts and Rebecca's texts about what you guys were doing. I know we missed you. We wanted to smuggle you in our suitcase. Yeah. I wish I could have gone. Um, I'm not on the board presently, but it's going to be an awesome conference and I can't wait. And it backs up to our spring break. So I'm bringing my family out uh, after the conference and we're going to do Chicago proper because I spent a couple of summers living in Chicago doing summer stock musical theater with kids thing. And, and so I know some places that I want to take my kids now that they're older yeah. Um, to show them. Yeah. All right, Tanya. Um, how about you? High, low, in between? You know, you could always go both. Uh, I was thinking about a low, but then I thought, you know what? I'm going to focus on uh, something that happened that was really nice in second grade. So I see my classes for a whole week, Monday through Friday, um, the same groups of classes. And then the following week, I see a different group. So kids go away from me from two, for two weeks. And then come back and, you know, you always worry about retention and what are they remembering and will they remember anything? And anyway, um, I was a little frustrated the last time I saw this particular second grade group because we were working on two beat meter. I had presented two beat meter and we were doing things to reinforce two beat meter. And then I had them do a seesaw assignment, which I think I need to like change up a little bit where I have them like highlight measure one, circle all the bar lines, all this good stuff. 
And in looking at it, and also while they were doing it, there was a lot of what's a, you know, questions, what's a bar line? I'm like, oh my goodness, did we not? So, you know, if, if you have those moments where you're like, I was just in the room. About that. <laughs> we, we just, in fact, we did the assignment as a group or we did part of the assignment as a group. Like I put it on the Mimeo board. I had kids come up and do the things. And then I'm like, and now on your seesaw, on your Chromebook, you're going to do exactly this, but it's with a different song. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so I was a little bit like, gosh, I think I need to reteach that. So it was day one of this group that I was frustrated that I don't think they got it. And they come in and we're, we're learning some new songs. And I said, we're going to put instruments to this and you're going to play, you know, on the D and the A. And then you're going to click. You're going to go boom, click, boom, click. Um, and one of my little uh, little students, little second grade girls, she goes, like the strong beat and the weak beat. And I'm like, <laughs> hallelujah. <laughs> because this, <laughs> this was day one of that week. And I was like, well, somebody got something. Somebody right. knows what I'm driving at. Anyway, so it was just a little tiny uh, reminder that you need to really focus on not just the group as a whole, but like there are individual kids who who might be getting it and there are kids who you know you, you've got to differentiate of course um yeah so cool yay she got a star for the day yeah, gold star, star uh-huh anyway so like i said it's just don't get frustrated when you think it's everybody it's not necessarily everybody who's not getting it and yeah that kind of thing so it was nice to know um i taught something to somebody one time cool yay <laughs> success hopefully more than that but you know yeah so all right um i think we're gonna mention a bonus high if you're listening to this we are attempting <laughs> delving into the world of video recording our podcast and posting it on youtube so um if you are just an audio listener but you've ever thought hmm i'd like to see what they're talking about pop on over to YouTube. We'll link to it in all of our, you know, show notes and socials and things, how to see us. But um, this is our first attempt at it. So we'll see how it goes. But thank you for your patience. We hear and see that there's many of you who are visual, who just really like to see us talking rather than just hear us talking. So here we are. If you're watching, hi. And if you're listening, feel free to switch over. If you want to keep listening, just audio. I mean, that's fine too. We'll keep just publishing this as a podcast. That's how it's always going to be. But um, we're just going to try the video thing and see if people like it. So. And this is where we say smash that subscribe button, right? <sighs> see, I don't know. I don't know all this lingo. Follow, well, I mean, like, subscribe, subscribe. Follow, like, do the things. I don't know. Whatever. Here we are. Yeah. We're trying. We'll put it up there. We'll see what happens. <laughs> yep. So now it is time for our main theme, and we have a little series going. We're calling it Recipes for Success, and specifically around lesson planning. And we've come at this from many different ways in the past, but what we're thinking about this time is, you know, comparing it to a cake, if I may, Tanya, where we talk about our lesson segments being like the layers of your cake, the actual cake part of your cake. That's the foundation of your lesson. When you lesson plan, that's where you should start. That's where I start. Um, and then later you can add in those beautiful transitions and that's that delicious little in between the, the ganache and the Bavarian cream and all that yummy stuff that really makes the lesson even that much better. But we've said it before, and we'll say it a million times, that that can't be the foundation of your lesson if you're spending more time planning those transitions than you are the actual 
foundational lesson segments. That's backwards thinking, in my opinion. I believe in yours too, Tanya. So anyways, that's why we're starting with these lesson segments. And last week or last podcast, we focused on primary lesson segments. And now we're going to talk about what does it look like in intermediate grades because it's a little different. Um, you know, and there's no hard and fast rules, but just some general guidelines. In our next episode, we will talk about transitions because they are important and make your lessons yes. super fun and oh, yes. um, seamless and beautiful. And then in another episode, we'll talk about what is the icing on the cake and the decorations and the the things that just tie it all together so with that said lesson segments what do you want to say yes so if you listen to our last episode we go into more detail about exactly what is a lesson segment but it really is just a chunk of your lesson where you're focusing on one specific thing be it rhythm melody form whatever it that is and so um your lesson is made up of several lesson segments and we've said it before and we'll say it again that the lesson segment time period usually is going to last the same amount of minutes as the age of the children in the room so now that we're talking about intermediate grades which is third fourth and fifth grade it's okay to push towards having lesson segments that go a little bit deeper that are like you know 10 minutes in in chunks if we're talking about fifth grade um as we've said again uh, before, they will let you know. The students will let you know when they are no longer engaged and they are over it. They give you very clear signals. They don't say, hello, I'm over this. Well, sometimes they do, and that's a different problem for another <laughs> podcast. But they will they will let you know in their body language, in their behavior, that they are no longer engaged. So that's what I'm aiming for in my lesson segments is to keep it about the same minutes as the age of the child. Um, what else can I say about lesson segments? So these are specific activities. It might be using the same material. So maybe you play a game with younger or older kids, and then you go, all right, now that we've played X game, um, then now, now I'm interested in the part where we sing, so hi, so me, and that's a primary example. Oh, can you find a place where you hear, so hi, so me? I'm going to sing the song, raise a hand when you hear, you know, this, whatever. So that could be a whole other lesson segment where you delve in deeper with the material. And then maybe you leave that song and you go to another song or another something else. Um, an, another example of a lesson segment could be where you're getting out instruments, you're playing them with this thing, you put them away. That was your lesson segment. Mm hmm. Right. Yeah. And so. we talked about like doing the game, you know, to use the loose term of the game or the activity that goes with the song that that's a lesson segment. It's a relaxation moment, um, you know, where you're not necessarily like honing in in that moment on the thing. But that is considered a lesson segment as well. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And we talked about the time period. Uh, how long it should last. Um, and it's, I, I mean, I love teaching the older grades because you can really dig in and get a little deeper yeah. and focus them on more, you know, more things. Yeah. Um, the one that I'm going to talk about, I not only focus on rhythm, but then we make a brief mention of form. And we even talk about little melodic fragments into the listening that we're doing. But yeah, I'm getting ahead of myself. No, yeah, but I was thinking the same thing. Um, I just want to also mention, we mentioned this resource last year, but a really great resource that kind of explains lesson segments is Lesson Planning in a Kodai Setting, a guide for music teachers by Rita Klinger. Oh, yes. Um, I was just looking for it. Like, I know, I'm looking around right here. But we'll link to it away. in the show notes. It's a publication through Oak. You can also get it on the West Music website. Um, it's a blue book. But um, it's, it's a just a book. really fantastic book that just really is a guide for lesson planning. I mean, that's what it is. But she talks specifically about lesson segments. And then there's a whole beautiful section about transitions, which we'll talk about next time as well. But anyways, just a really great resource if you want to learn more about what we're talking about. Exactly. All right. So, Carrie, you're going to give it an, an example Okay, cool. So um, I'm thinking about third grade and um, in third grade, because we were quote unquote behind, I hate that, but you know, just saying it. Um, I actually just presented Ray this last week because um, we hadn't gotten to it at the end of second grade. So real kind of like quick and with maybe different song literature than I would normally use um, 
you know, with second graders, I kind of more third graded it up and um, really isolating that mi, re, do pattern in a lot of songs like tidy, oh, and um, great big house filled with pumpkin pie and, you know, other things that I'm going to pull back later in the year for other things. Um, one of the songs really great for now, and we are releasing this episode at the very end of October. So if you're still looking for some Halloween um, or fall related songs, I use the song Pumpkin Pumpkin. So it's pumpkin, pumpkin, round and fat, turn into a jack-o'-lantern just like that. There's that obvious mi, re, do. Um, the cool thing about Pumpkin Pumpkin then is it's also a great song for Tikka Tikka. So this is a double duty song for me right now. I'm using it for Ray. I'm also using it for Tikka Tikka um, as I'm preparing Tikka Tikka. And then the other thing I want to mention is that you can keep going with Pumpkin Pumpkin through November because we changed the words to turn into a pumpkin pie just like that. So yes, oh. I know you've got a little, you've got a little, you know, slur situation on there, but you can keep the song going throughout November. Like we used the pumpkin for a jack-o'-lantern. Now it's November and even December. We eat pumpkin pies in December. So do you song... take that? I'm sorry. Can I ask? Yeah. You take that ticka ticka, and when you go pumpkin pie, do you do you show the little? Ideally, first? I will present ticka ticka. No, okay, let me back okay, up. Just, no, I'm just wondering. That would be no, no, no. you could no. go. <laughs> Ideally, I will get the ticka ticka presented with the original words because it's not ideal to present a rhythmic concept with a slurred rhythm. Obviously, that's no, confusing yeah. to the kids. But I mean, later on, do you? I never have. I suppose okay. you could. I never You have. could. At this point, we're just like playing the game just for fun. Do you know what I mean? Or we yes. might be like, we might be adding a B section to it using ticka ticka rhythms and all that kind of stuff. But okay, but I'm getting ahead of myself back okay. to how I used it this last week. So I just presented Ray. And so now we are reading the song on the staff. I mean, that's like the very first step. And we isolate that mi, re, do. We look for the mi, re, do pattern within the whole thing. Typically in second grade, when I present Ray, I'm going to just choose song literature that's just me, Rydell. Like Hot Cross Buns is a great example, Closet Key. But again, because they're third graders and I have to kind of move things along at a quicker pace, I gave them a whole pentatonic song. They handled it just fine. Um, they they found that me, Ray, do, and off we went, and we did the little circle game, which is similar to doggy dog. No, not doggy doggy. Bow wow wow, where you're facing a partner, you do a little pet clap, pet clap, pet clap, clap with your partner, and then on turn into a jack o' lantern, you literally trade spots with your partner, turn into a jack o' lantern, and then on just like that on the that they turn and they're looking at their new partner for the next round and i would say this is your opportunity to make a funny jack-o'-lantern face or a scary jack-o'-lantern face or whatever you yeah know, I, and a, I, will... I did that earlier when you were singing singing it because yeah, i just I can't help myself i'm sorry <laughs> no and i will say i mean this song borderlines a song for third grade yeah like yeah they like it it does kind of have a little bit of a more primary feel to it so you could totally do this in younger grades and i have done this in younger grades grades um just for the fun of it um but it's so great in third grade for the ticka ticka so i'm always like every year like are third graders gonna like this song and they do they really really do and it's if they've already know the game for bow wow wow then it's just really easy to teach them the game and it's just a fun little activity um but then what i did in this lesson after we played the game as I got out, I got those brand new tone bar sets. So they're like, each kid gets their own little set. They're green in a green case. I can't remember the company that makes them now. Oh, I'm I know sure. what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. They're in a green case. And okay. So they're, then we were singing in C-Do. I should have prefaced that because we, I knew we were going to be going to the tone bars. We did pumpkin, pumpkin and C-Do. A little low, I understand, but for third grade, it's out doable. And because we were going to the tone bars, I wanted it to be in the same key. So I know I didn't just sing it in C-Do, but that's what I would have done in my lesson. 
Each kid gets their own little set of tone bars and we open up the case and we identify that, okay, if this big red C is our DO today, which one is our RE? The D. Which one is our ME? The E. Well, oh, here, what about the skip between ME and SO? Do we need this green F? No. So they take that out and they put it up in like the lid section of the, the tone bar set. So we establish our, our tone set. They each have their own tone set of DO, RE, ME, SO, LA, and SI, DO. And then here is, this was pretty great. I must say. I found that when I put, I have this tiny little dot cam that I got from my librarian, and it plugs into my computer, which then through my computer displays to my Mimeo board. So I was standing at my desk with my dot cam looking down at my tone bar set, and I actually set the dot cam in the case. So I could oh. slide the whole tone bar set around on my desk as needed, and the dot cam was like still over it perfectly. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. like I had it all set up at the beginning of the day. I don't see third grade till my third period of the day, but I had it all set up and ready to go like up on my desk. And then when it was time to play, I just slid it to me. Anyways, that's a really geeky, slick thing that I discovered. But all that to say, then I was like, okay, let's just echo some patterns. So I would play a pattern, they'd play it back, I'd play a pattern, they'd play it back. And then the final pattern that I played was do, 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 re, mi, so. Okay, this is getting into transitions, I know. But I, <laughs> this was then my next lesson segment was they identified that we were playing the pattern of button, you must wander. So then what we did was we sang button, you must wander every time we had that do 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 re mi so pattern they played it on the tone bars and then we just mm -hmm. sang wander wander do 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 re mi so everywhere right the reason why i wanted to bring up both of these lesson segments even though i'm getting ahead of myself with the transition is i wanted to speak to your point of like they'll let you know when it's time to move on because here's what i did that i shouldn't have done i pushed it too far because then i was like okay cool we have our button you must wander pattern now i want you to improvise something for wander wander that's not the original melody and everywhere it's not the original melody but you can play anything you want they hung with me for that for a little bit and then here's where i really got greedy i was like oh let's all go run and individually improvise that <laughs> I, I still want to do that every time and then I i'm know. like because it's always oh. like when we get out the instruments and we get the tone set ready it's like oh but we could do this oh but we could do this because we already have them out so this is my cautionary tale that even though i know the guidelines of how many minutes a lesson segment should be in the moment even though it wasn't in my original lesson plan in the moment i was like oh but let's go ahead and improvise because that's something i'm always also wanting to do more of is getting my kids to do more creation and improv improvisation i just should have saved it for another lesson we could get the tone bars back out and we could do it all again in another lesson what but a I great problem to have you have too much stuff right you you just yeah exactly i know this is the problem lesson. but not enough yeah. time and this is yeah. where i get worried that i'm like oh in my own head i'm like oh we should improvise and then i was like no carrie we should save that for another lesson and then in my own head i was like but you know you're not going to because you're going to be moving on to something else so all that to say i pushed it too long they got a little antsy they got a little squirrely it wasn't chaos I mean, they hung with me. It was fine. But I knew in my bones as an educator, like they, they lost their focus. They weren't into it anymore. They were getting bored with it. We needed to put away the tone bars. And then we played button. You, you must wander for some <laughs> relaxation exactly. time after yeah. that. Um, so those are examples of couple different of lesson segments. We read something on the staff and isolated the Mi Re Do pattern. We played a game that goes with the song. We did some exploration on tone bars. And this is where intermediate versus primary, not to say that I wouldn't do all those same things in a primary lesson, but I would definitely chunk it up a lot more than what I did with third graders. I was able to do a little bit more in the moment, but then I took it too far. So. Uh, well, you know what? This is what we learn when we <laughs> teach real kids in oh, yeah. the room. Like I can make beautiful lesson plans on paper. I can talk them through. I can feel awesome about them. And then everything's different when mm -hmm. you are teaching to real kids. So a little reminder, Carrie and I, we're in the trenches with you. We're, we're teaching real children. Yeah, We are learning, um, even though we have many years of experience between the two of us and even individually, um, we're always learning. 
we're always learning because kids are changing and their attention spans are changing and what they focus on is changing and how they learn is changing. Like all of those things play into it more than your beautiful lesson plan. Right. Because it's not going to go anywhere if they're just like totally distracted. Yeah. Where I went wrong. I didn't have any of that in my lesson plan because when I wrote my plan, I knew that I shouldn't go there. But in the moment I went there and that's well, you were being organic, right? I was trying. It was a teachable moment for less, less moments than you anticipate. Yeah. Yeah. And let me just also say before you share yours, because I decided (laughs) to hear yours, like we all plan differently. And Tanya, we've talked a lot about this off mic. So I don't know if we want to go there, but like, I am a writer downer. Like I type my lesson plans. Now, granted, it's it's on one page. If I can't see it on one page, it's not happening. And it's like song with bullet points of what I'm doing, including the transition to the next song, bullet points of what I'm doing, and like three or four bullet points per activity, right? So like I do, I type it up and I print it out and then I put it in a binder and I refer to it when I'm teaching that lesson as needed. I generally know what I'm teaching, but let's be honest, we get in the moment, especially the first time you teach that lesson. And I was like, oh, what was I doing next? Ah, But it's sitting right there on my desk and I just take a quick peek while the kids are doing an activity, while they're playing, but you must wonder, I can just peek and see what are they doing next, right? Um, That works for me. Other teachers, I totally understand that might not be your system. Um, And then after the lesson, I write down what I actually did. I draw little arrows to how I changed things in the moment because I often will be like, oh no, we need to move now, right? So this movement activity I had later, I'm gonna move in here. All that to say, I do write things down because then I try to teach the same thing to the next class close, as close as possible. Cause you never wanna be in that moment where you get to class C and you do a totally different lesson and then that totally messes you up for the future. So I just wanna say that that's how I plan So my lesson segments are written down. I know the chunks of my lessons and generally how I'm going to get from one thing to the next. Um, Other folks just do it in their head and that's lovely. Well, so I I can't do it in my head because the lesson that I'm going to teach this coming Monday, I'm going to teach that same lesson like three, two weeks from now. So I can't remember. Like, of course I write things down. I write down and lesson segments. I write down what's happening for this lesson segment, this lesson segment. I put a little asterisk if it's new material. Mm -hmm. So I don't need to write. I mean, I don't write a specific procedure for teaching a song or game if I've taught it before. So, and it's not to say that I teach everything exactly the same way. So if I'm like, oh, now we're going to play Hoppled Squirrel. We're learning the song for the first time. If I was planning on us learning this song by rote through the game and the kids are showing me, I don't know, something else like, oh, maybe I could get them to um, sing it on solfege. Maybe we can learn it, you know, the, the melodic contour first, then I might go there. So I do have like everything, the lesson segments written out. I will write out a procedure if it's something totally different than I've done before, or I'll write more details if I want to say that we are specifically reading melodic patterns with this song. And I usually have it on my slides. I also do a slide deck that keeps me on track um, so that I don't have to keep, I don't print out my stuff. I don't like going back to my laptop or even an iPad because I've tried that as well and and checking, oh, what what comes next? Like I have it on my slides and I use my, my, uh, remote control all the time. And I click to the next thing and I'm like, oh yes, this is where we blend. And, and my transitions, um, I do think through those transitions. And if it's a transition that I haven't done before, or it's with different material, I might write out more details and the writing is me rehearsing it. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So yeah. that's a big part of it. So if it's like brand new song, brand new transition, brand new way to pick this song or game or rhythm or whatever apart, then yeah, I need to mentally rehearse it. Um, When I teach Kodai level one, I do have students uh, script out lesson segments because 
in doing that, you're forcing yourself to think, okay, exactly how is this going to work? Like, what am I going to say? And what you say is extremely important to avoid conclusion and to drive them towards the musical learning that you want them to get out of it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I do believe in writing out things. When I was a younger, less experienced teacher, um, I wrote out a lot more, a lot yeah. more. I had to, because I just was like, yeah, because I didn't have the experience and, exactly. and now I do. And if someone says, Hey, uh, play button, you must wander, introduce this song to a kid, group of kids who have never heard it, do it this way. And I can do it. Right. I mean, I can teach it in three different ways. It's like pushing a button in my brain. There's the button. You must wander the button you button. Know. Uh, the button button who's got the button uh, <laughs> all right sorry that was yeah. just a tangent but you know people have asked that question before like do you actually write out your lesson plans i'm like yeah in like a shorthand form but yeah. i do need something more than like you know the traditional plan books that they used to give us tanya back in the day where it was like you had like a week spread and like yes. one tiny little box for each lesson yes. like that's not enough i still no. need more than a tiny little box yes um there's no way i can just fit you know no so right. all that to say we all have our own way of doing it. i need to get better at doing what you said you do after the lesson and going oh and we went here let me make sure i notate that because i do have moments where i have a group of i have a class in the room and i'll say did um <laughs> Fourth graders, did we get, did we read this CODA section to get yeah. like, or I'll they, say, hey, yeah. is this familiar? And it's like, it's like for them, but for me, like, I'm like that's a great idea. When you see blank faces, you go, you? maybe I taught it, but they didn't before. learn it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. All right, Tanya, what is your example of a fabulous lesson segment or more? Than okay. More? Well, I was going to go somewhere else. Um, I tend to pull this listening example out during this time of year. Um, it's fossils from Camille Saisons. And let's see if I can do this. Oh, cause we're on video. Oh, Hey, I got to be able to share my screen. I want to make sure I give credit where credit is due. So this lesson I got from Brent Galt at an Oak conference many years ago. Um, Brent has wonderful listening lessons. He has a, a book full of listening lessons that I'm not remembering the title of, but we can link it. Um, anyway, so this format is directly from him. So here's my fossils slideshow. And it's got this beautiful T ticker rhythm in it. So the A section with ticka ticka ta, ticka ticka ta, ticka ticka ti, ticka ti ti ta is played on the xylophone and then is echoed by the piano in the next line. Um, and so on day one, I'm not going to have us listen to the entire thing necessarily, but sometimes I will go there if the kids seem like they are ready to go there. So on day one, my lesson segment might be, um, let's listen to I'm going to play some music for you. And I want you to think about what instruments do you hear? And I won't even show them this necessarily. Yeah. Right. So we listen to just, I don't know, what is it? The first 30 seconds of the piece mm -hmm. and the A section. And they're usually able to say that they hear piano. They will say xylophone and we'll talk about like xylophone marimba a tiny bit. And then I'll put this up and we'll listen to it again. And I say, well, this time I want you to, pick out the piano or the marimba and I want to see if you can read what you're hearing and I will just track and I will point with my little baton not on the entire rhythm I won't make my baton go ticka ticka ta but I will beat wise right mm -hmm. yeah track it for them um, then we'll talk about okay what do you see that's the same between line one two three or four Maybe I won't say it like that. See, another reason to script your lessons. <laughs> what do you notice about lines one and two? They're the same. the same. Cool. What do you notice about line? And then usually from that point, a few kids will go, wait a minute. They're all the same. 
They're all, all the same. So then we'll practice speaking it and not at the tempo of fossils. Mm-hmm. So we'll just practice saying ticka ticka ta, ticka ticka ta, ticka ticka tea, ticka tea tea ta. Right. Then we'll say, okay, well, here's the challenge. Let's see if we can speak the rhythm as we are hearing it at the same time. And then we'll do that. That could be lesson segment for the day. And then we put it away and we go on and do something else. Right. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'll use that last measure of ticka, ticka, tea, ticka, tea, tea, ta towards the transition, but we're not going to go there right now. Yeah. Because we're going to talk about transitions next week. Yeah. So that might be a lesson segment for that day. Right. Day two, um, I will pull out fossils again and we'll hear it again. I really think it's important that we hear the piece before I'm asking them to do anything with it. Yeah. Um, I think that's super important for listening lessons, for dances. I'm a music teacher. I value movement. I value, you know, reading rhythms without music accompaniment, of course. But if I'm tying this directly to fossils, we need to hear fossils and just hear it. And it doesn't have to be longer than like, gosh, even 15 seconds, right? Right. So day two, we hear this again, maybe not the whole thing, probably just the A section. And then we see, oh, now it's day two and we've had some time for that to sink in and maybe we can do it up to tempo this time. Because usually the first time we read along while we're listening is a hot mess. Yeah. Because they can't keep up. It's fast. Yeah, fast. Yeah. It's fast. And so day two, we try it again, hot mess or not. We, we try it again. Um, and usually they're a little bit better. And then we bring in, uh, the, Oh, is it going to happen? Oh, it's just a little slow on the computer. I don't know why. Uh, the B section ah. where we show the beat on our body. We're not moving around the room. This is non locomotor. Mm-hmm. So I'll say, okay, well, here's how I'm showing the beat. Um, for those of you listening, I'm just sparkling my hands in the air. You find a way to show the beat as long as you're not hitting yourself. I always say that. Do you have kids <laughs> who want to bash themselves in the head to show the beat? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I try to clarify that early on with like, you I, may tap your head, but not. This hit is what head. I said. There's yes, of course. So same thing. So now during we hear new music, keep the beat somewhere on your body, can't make sound and you can't hit yourself. Yeah. So we have kids who are, you know, dabbing to the beat, doing all these kinds of things to the beat. Um, but when you hear A come back, be ready to speak ticka ticka ta, ticka ticka ta, ticka ticka ti, ticka ti ti ta, right? And they do. So now this lesson segment is mostly about showing non locomotor. I might stop there. That might be my lesson segment for the next day. That might be it. Mm-hmm. Um, if they are really receptive, I might go back and go, let's listen to B again, because Camille Saisons was making a joke. What are fossils? We talk about fossils or indentations, like in stone, things that were from a long time ago. And Camille Saisons was making a joke about things that are super old. He was even talking about music. So see if you can recognize a couple of tunes that he put in the B section. And so we hear again, and in there you hear Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. And you also hear Eau Claire de la Luna, which they've played on recorder in third grade. So that's a nice little uh, shout. What do we want to say? Shout back. back. Call back. Thank you. Yeah, call back. And so we just listen to the B section and pick those out. They get very excited about hearing um, those two tunes and um usually i have one or two kids are like oh and they're doing it in a round right oh yeah twinkle twinkle little star so we might cut it there um my thing's not advancing but then that could be my lesson segment for that day and then the following day we talk about oh now we have even different music here's a c section now we get to move around the room while showing the beat and i usually sidestep around the room to show that you don't just have to march and it's tricky, but you may not make loud sounds as you are showing the beat moving around the room. Right. And so we practice doing that, but always be ready now to come back to your ticka ticka ta, ticka ticka ta, ticka ticka ti, ticka ti ti ta. During this lesson segment, it's very likely that I'll show this and we'll speak this rhythm and we'll talk about how does this A section differ from the 
first day section, mm. uh, which I can't show right now. It's going to catch up in like 30 seconds. My computer's <laughs> so very old. But anyway, um, about how it's shorter. And you can see I wrote A variant. Mm -hmm. Now, is this really technically music theory wise an A variant? I think it's more like an A prime, but I'm we're just going to talk about a variation. This is a truncated, a, a truncated right? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So um, that would be over for three to five days, I could be doing this. And ideally on the last day, we're doing the whole thing where we're speaking the rhythm, we're moving around the room. So this is mostly to practice T-Ticka, but of course we're also learning or reviewing about form. Um, the instruments that I talked about at the very beginning where what instruments do you hear? That's just kind of a, a jump start to get us into listening to the piece. And so this is an active listening lesson. Again, not mine. It's from Brent Galt. Um, you should buy his book and we'll put that in the show notes. Uh, so, but this is a little slideshow that I made to go with that little coda to this little part. Uh, if you are listening or watching and uh, you would love to write us a review for Music Teacher Coffee Talk, the podcast, um, I would be happy to send you my slides for this specific tea tick a lesson. Um, yeah, just go ahead and leave us a review and send us an email and I'm happy to do so. Oh. Can we clarify when you say a review, do you mean on like Apple podcasts or whatever podcast yes, I'm player? Sorry. I mean, whatever podcast player you're listening to, right? Yeah. We're going to disable comments for the YouTube. We don't need that. No. no. Um, okay. So they write us a review, take a little, and then just email us. Should they take a screenshot? They don't need to do that. Just, no, just email, email us at uh, musicteachercoffeetalk at gmail.com. Email us there and just say, hey, I love to review. My screen name is blah, 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 blah. And then Tanya yeah. will in turn send you her PowerPoint of fossils. That's very cool. Happy to do so, yeah. Thank so you anyway, for that's modeling the correct way to chunk out that activity and not do too much because honestly, and this is something I would have done easy early in my career, I would have done all of that in one lesson and then that would have taken up an entire lesson. I have tried that, Carrie. Yeah. And I have at the end of the lesson going, wow, that bombed. Why did it bomb? Because when yeah. I did it with Brent Galt, uh, you know, Dr. Galt made it, it was just so engaging. Sure. You're in a room full of music educators. Of course, it's going to go like that. Right. 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 This is why we are doing this specific series yes. is that it's not, <laughs> you know, they say it, it's not me. It's, it's not you. It's me. No, it's not. Yes. It's not you. It's me. Yeah. It's not the material necessarily. Could be. Right. Uh, it's you. Right. Yeah. Well, you might I need heard, to. I've heard yeah, I've heard so many times from from educators when they've reflected, you know, through mentoring and coaching and teaching that I've done of educators, you know, well, I did this activity, didn't go well. Kids just can't pay attention. Kids just can't vote, you know, and you want to blame it on the kids. No, no. When something doesn't go well in my lesson, I immediately blame myself. Are there times where one kid or a couple of kids derail? Of course, that's a whole different podcast. But if the whole class is just starting to snooze on you, it's not them. It's you and you meaning me and Tanya. It's all of us. And and again, I think it just always needs reminding that you can chunk it up and you can do more in the next lesson. It doesn't all have to be in this one isolated lesson. And this is something that it's like when I hear music teachers just be like, can you just give me a great lesson on blah, blah, blah. It's never one great lesson. That's the thing. It's a series of lessons. It's it's an activity or a unit that spans over many lessons. I never have one lesson that's just going to represent how I teach Titika to kids, right? Like, there is one lesson that has many different lesson segments, some of them on T-Tick and some of them maybe are doing something else. But that to me is what is the hallmark of good specifically Kodai inspired music teaching, but any inspired music teaching is you don't just beat one thing to death and then that's just one lesson. It's yeah. activities that span over many lessons. Oh, I've tried that. Don't, you know. Oh, yeah. I, I've been there for sure. I've tried that recipe yeah. and that wasn't good and nobody loved it. But yes, you got to you got to keep it, keep it moving and, and read the room, read the room. I say because that a lot. To go back to the cake analogy, I feel like all you end up with is like this big, 
thick, dense, right? Like you, like a fruitcake. You just end up with one big hunk of fruitcake and it's dry and it, it doesn't have enough variety and flavors. Um, that's my analogy. It just, it's just one big hunk of fruitcake. I like fruitcake, but I need some coffee and, you know. Okay, exactly. You have to have something else to dunk it into you have or whatever. To. Yes, exactly. um, okay, maybe fruitcakes. I, I hope I didn't offend fruitcake lovers out there. That's not what I mean. I just, you know what I mean, though? Like, you don't of get all the people variety. That yeah. Yeah. It's just I fun. So, all right. Well, next time we'll talk about transitions, which is good because we're having a hard time not talking about it. So I uh, almost went there. I had to stop myself. I, did. I know. I know. And I, I promise I don't teach my or plan my lessons with transitions in mind, but they are important. And we will, we'll talk about that in our next episode. Exactly. Um, okay. Two things. Cause I just found my book one uh, in my slides, which I need to fix. It should say locomotor one word because that's one word. Also I found my book. It's listen up Brett Galt fantastic resource. Um, in addition to fossils, he's got listening lessons from, uh, for all you need is love, um, in the hall of the mountain King, and even a Beck song, uh, Epro, which is awesome. Uh, it's a fantastic entry of the gladiators. Oh, I have never done that. As a... Anyway, this fantastic resource, Brent Galt, listen up. I think you can get it on West music. I am positive. We'll link to it wherever you can get it. And it's time for our No Better Do Better segment, Carrie. So rather than just like name something very specific, I just want to kind of pose a question and there's no clear answer to it, which is the hard thing about it. But if it was okay with you, Tanya, I thought we'd have a, a little mini discussion. This could be a whole podcast about- Oh no, okay. <laughs> about changing words to songs that may have- a problematic or questionable history to them. And I, I bring this up because I keep hearing it. I just, I keep hearing it. Examples of educators who just say, well, can't you just change the words? Or I've just changed the words to that. And there are times that I have changed the words and there's times that I say no. So I don't have a hard and fast rule other than like, if the words that you're changing are to mask that the song was written in a way to demean or put down a, a group of people, I'm not going to just change the words and call it good. If it's specifically changing a racial slur, no, I'm not just going to change the words and call it good because then that perpetuates a song that shouldn't be perpetuated, right? Yeah. Um, an example of that is Johnny in the Woodpile. The original word was not Johnny. It was a racial slur. And right. so then at some point, somebody changed that word. And then it was passed on by many music teachers for many years unknowingly until the research presents itself. So all that to say, like that to me is a hard and fast rule. Like there's <laughs> there's no way. Um, yes. Gray area would be like I'll bring up the song Naughty Kitty Cat, for example. I, I still teach Naughty Kitty Cat the way it was taught to me. Well, here, let me back up and say, originally I would learn it as Naughty Pussycat. And then I have changed it over the years, as many have, to Naughty Kitty Cat because it just avoids anything, any issues with that. Um, but then in particular, the second line of you are very fat, you know, there are many educators who don't feel comfortable with that. So they change the words to naughty kitty cat. Why did you do that? So it's right. like, to me, that's softening something that some may find offensive, some may not. And it just kind of like doesn't change the history of the song, doesn't change the meaning of the song, just takes away one problematic thing. So to me, that's a situation that I think is totally fine. Um, I just was wondering, and then I do have a resource to mention, but I was wondering, Tanya, if you have not necessarily rules, but just some guidelines that you use for yourself that's different than what I just said. Well, same, as the kids say, same Z's. Um, yes, I agree. If it's a song that was written with a racial slur or any kind of slur in the title, um, that is harmful, then I'm not going to do the song at all. So I'll bring up another example, John Kanaka, which is 
um, not, it, it depends. It depends on the people that hear that word Kanaka. Some people um, take, uh, use it as a slur. It's, it has been used as a slur. Others use it as like, I'm, I'm proud to be called this thing. And so since it has been used as a slur with specific populations, I'm not going to do it at all. Right. So that's one. I have changed the words to naughty kitty cat and I do have them saying, why did you do that? In fact, it's funny because very recently I couldn't remember if I changed it with a specific group. And so I just started them singing it and I yeah. listened and I went, oh, okay. Yeah, they're singing. Why did you do that? Right. Um, so for that, uh, yes, if it's taking out a word like pussy, that might be problematic but that's just because of our times, but it wasn't written, exactly. you know, um, I know a pussy willow, she, that one, I don't do it all because yeah. the focus is on, I know a little pussy, she is. So I can't remember. It, it's a song about a pussy willow. Mm -hmm. And that's the whole point the is point. that, that the idea once upon a time was that, are you, are you singing about a cat? But these days people won't take it to be singing about a cat. So anyway, I'm going to stop saying that word over and over. So people can <laughs> stop cringing. Sorry about that. Anyway. Um, so I agree that Johnny on the woodpile is a great example. And, um, yeah, Five little I, monkeys I, jumping on the bed. Exactly. All of that. Yeah. Um, if things were eeny, meeny, miny, mo, like that, there was a word in there in the like core first verse of the song, the chant, if it's there, then I'm just not doing it at all. Right, right. now. Here's another thing to be aware of do we call them extrapolated verses so there are songs that were that are folk songs that were sung and then many many verses were created yeah um in addition to like the one two or three core verses that people know right, right. i'm thinking about the old chisholm trail which is probably a bad example because you don't have to dig too far with old Chisholm trail no. to find like really problematic things. What um, about like, um, bought me a cat. Yeah. Because the last verse talks about instead of animals, now it's talking about wife and, and yes. it's kind of degrading to women. Right. So like, right. I know there's a really fantastic arrangement of that by Copeland, right. Aaron Copeland. Sure. And I've heard choirs who have just taken out that last verse and not sung that last verse, but they've done the rest of the song with the little animal motions and the little things. I don't know how Copeland would feel about that, but I personally am okay with that because I'm okay with that too. Yeah. The rest of the song is fine. What about when I first came to this land? It's same. the same yeah, idea same. at the very end, right? Right. So I bought myself a wife, right? Right. Right. Yeah. So I could see if it's, it depends. It just always depends. I know. I know. And, and I have changed problem. my mind on certain songs. I just, yeah. I just know if I, if I'm doing a song and I feel like a little bit, scratchy about like, Ooh, I hope kids don't. All right. If I ever find myself thinking, I hope kids don't Google this because I don't want them to find this, then I don't do it. Yeah. Find something new. There's so much like, music out there. Like Tai Tai A. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm like, I, we there's did a whole other, that before. Yeah. Yeah. There's other Tita T songs that I could find. And here we keep bringing up all these problematic songs. Let's bring in some songs that we could do. Instead of that. Okay. Right? So then that brings me to the resource that I want to mention. And you called this Yay. to my attention. But then I, I saw it referenced somewhere else recently. So I will be honest. I haven't dug into this a lot. So, you know, I haven't like necessarily, I can't like vouch for it. In fact, that like I use this song instead of this song. And like I haven't used it to fidelity, but it's there. And I want to mention it. It is called the No Better Do Better Project. And the website is literally No Better Do Better Project com and we'll link to it um and it really is just that it's here not let's focus on all of the songs we shouldn't do but here are which is important i'm not saying that's not important you have to do your research but once you've made the decision of i'm not going to do this song what could i do instead that has a similar game or has a similar rhythmic or melodic content or a similar thematic whatever you know like so anytime somebody says oh but the kids just love that one and that's their excuse for keep doing the song here are 20 other songs now 
this is where I struggle because a lot of these songs are newly composed songs. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but that's just not my level of expertise because as a Kodai inspired teacher who got my Kodai training my third year of teaching using tried and true historical folk music rather than new newly composed song is always been my jam and where I go, right? So, I mean, I kind of almost have a knee-jerk reaction to newly composed songs because it's like, oh, those aren't authentic folk songs. We shouldn't be using those in our classroom, right? I'm trying to get rid of that <laughs> stigma in my brain. I mean, there are, I mean, there are plenty of beautiful songs out there and I think it's all about balance, right? So a lot of the resources and the songs that they include on this website and they give you a list of all the people who have contributed songs and who they are, um, you know, they are newly composed songs that I don't, maybe weren't necessarily written in in essence to replace these songs but could replace specific songs or just new songs to add to your repertoire. Yeah, so, and um, I've, I've listened to some a lot of those on that site and they're lovely like a lot of those songs are just really really great songs yeah um yeah. the one in place of amazing grace i thought was really well done yeah um yeah, yeah. so so all that to say, we'll link to it in the show notes. It's a it's a great resource just for this exact reason. And then just to bring it back to the original question of Pose, just please be oh so mindful. If your immediate reaction is, I'll just change the words and it's okay, really think about then in a hundred years, if somebody's singing the version that you changed the words to, but they don't know the historical context of the song, is that okay? You know, is really what it comes down to. So um there's so much music out there and there's so much more music we can create ourselves and with our students that the reason why we hang on to these songs sometimes is just to me ridiculous, but all that to say, <laughs> here's a resource and a question to think about and we'll go from there. So now it's time to work smarter, not harder. And Tanya is going to share a tool with us today. <laughs> I'm scared. Go ahead, Tanya. <laughs> okay, Carrie, do you want to be scared or do you want to step into the present? I'll try. Go ahead. Okay. I'll listen. All right. Well, so, okay. Chat GPT is a tool. It's a tool, <laughs> Carrie. Yeah. It's just a tool. So, I have uh, used ChatGPT recently for a few little things, and it's a really good tool. And I keep saying tool because I want to be clear that I am not having ChatGPT do all of my things. It's not writing your lesson plans for you? It's What's not. It's not. And here's the funny thing. Uh, a few weeks ago, somebody put on a Facebook group. I, why do I keep reading these music and Facebook group posts? I don't know. Anyway, something about like, oh, here's a lesson I had chat GPT, right? Oh, everybody should look out. I looked at the lesson. It was, I mean, it was okay, but yeah, it was boring. It was a it little was dry. dry. It was very dry. And I it thought- It was well, dry as if a computer wrote it. Is that what you're saying? Well, of course, right? <laughs> so like if a non-music ed- person use this lesson, it would be dry. You really need to come to everything with your experience and your knowledge and your love of the music really plays into your lesson, of course. So I'm not saying write your lesson plans with chat, chat GPT or even lesson segments. However, I have used it recently. Um, let's just take one thing, parent emails. All right. I don't know about you. Have you ever spent 30 minutes or 45 minutes or your whole uh, planning period trying to be tactful in an email to describe to a parent how their child is in trouble in music because they don't go don't there. Just yeah, keep I'm not going to go there because they did something <laughs> inappropriate, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, not like bringing the principal, get this kid out of here inappropriate, but like, right. you know, something that the parents need to just know about, or even as simple as, um, oh, you know, this student won't stop giggling constantly when, you know, they're in the presence of this other student because they're just sure. constantly sharing whatever. Um, and those are hard. So, 
you go to chat GPT and it's, I will link it in the show notes and you just say, um, you know, you give it a very specific prompt or not even specific and say, write an email from an elementary music teacher to a parent about their child doing this, that, and the other and asking and ask the parent for cooperation and addressing this issue. Right. And then they come up with this long, very well-written kind of dry um, email or just blurbs and usually I say make it shorter and then it makes it shorter and you go make it nicer and it makes it nicer make it less passive and it makes it so when I do this I do that and I filter it and you know make it shorter all this stuff and then I take that and then I put it into a new document and then I rewrite it like with my voice because I'm not going to say I hope this email finds you well for example that's just not, I'm not, if you get that from me, that's not me. That's, that's I mean, the I, machines. I, that's the machine. I, I want you to be well, but I'm not going to start it like you that. Anyway. Price. Yeah. So it's just a jumping off point, which mm-hmm. is important because that's what I spend the most time on. I spend the most time like how just starting. So if you find yourself struggling to write things where it's just starting, it's a good jumping off point. Okay. That's all. I also uh, used it to write a blurb about my kindergarten singing games night coming up. Right. I'm like, you know, I've used the same blurb over and over again and I really want it. I want to just jazz it up. So I just put that in there, saw what it came up with. And I'm like, Ooh, I like this little fragment, but not this so much. And so I'm always rewriting it in my own voice. It's just a jumping off point. Okay. Yeah, it's it's I'm okay. Just a Carrie. little afraid of machines taking over the world, but that's okay. I will. I will. I've been wanting to try it for just what you're talking about, like yeah. little little things. So. They might take take over the world, so you know you should always say thank you to your devices. <laughs> thank you, thank, computer. Thank you, AI name. Thank you, whatever. Anyway, I, it, we can work. We can work in symphony with okay. machines right okay. we can do that yes famous last words famous I, mean, I feel like so many sci-fi movies start with those words <laughs> that's all right I'm i don't want to be left in the dust you know i get it i know i know i i am older and i don't want to be one of those older teachers who's just like my way when i was a kid we used to do things that way and we're gonna do things because it's my way or the high i don't want to be like that i want to make sure that I can be relevant and chat GPT is a helpful tool. Okay. I will check it out. Okay. And it's time for our CODA section where we talk about something that we are enjoying outside, maybe inside of the classroom. Um, Carrie, what you got? Uh, I was so fortunate to go to see Nickel Creek live in concert this last week. I love Nickel Creek. Loved them for many, many, many years. Did it's they play the, the Fox? You never told me. Oh, yes, they did. Play- oh, they yeah, they played the Fox. It was their last big song before they came back for their encore. Um, yeah, the Fox is like everyone's favorite now, which is so fun because us music teachers like geek out about it. And I saw two other music teachers there that oh. no well three because oh. married couple saw our friends travis and emily oh were there cool then, we did uh, go yeah they did and then another music teacher in our district so it's just always fun to see other music teachers and emily used to teach elementary music so we gave each other the eye when the fox came on like yay but no what i want to say is nickel creek i mean this is not new came out with an album called celebrants this last uh Spring, I guess it was. And uh, shamefully, I hadn't really like listened to it a lot. But then it was like once I knew I was going to the Nickel Creek show, which was that day, it was kind of an on on the whim decision. Um, I was like, oh, I gotta listen. And I've been listening ever since. So it's a really good album. You know, they hadn't released an album in like eight, nine years. I mean, it's been a while. Well, Chris Thiele has been playing with like everybody. Well, yeah, he had, they all have had side projects and then he went and did Prairie Home Companion. And then of course there was a pandemic, like, yeah, they've all been busy, but they're back together and Celebrants is a really good album. And of course, seeing them live is incredible. But if you don't have the opportunity to do that, at least listen to Celebrants. It's, it's just a really awesome album. I'm enjoying it a lot. 
Love Nickel Creek. Yes, very cool. All right. What about you, Tanya? What are you enjoying? Um, I'm going to promote a podcast I've been listening to. And I was just, it's funny because I've been listening to it, but I hadn't really looked it up. Of course, it also uh, is a video thing that you can do. And it's put out by Kevin Hart and his LOL network, which I didn't realize was a thing. Um, yeah, Kevin Hart has some podcasts going on, not necessarily hosted by him. So this song, this podcast is called One Song, and it's very similar to a song exploder, but it's got two guys. Um, one of them is like uh, Luxury is his name. And the other one is DJ. Gosh, I can't remember. They take one song. And one of the podcast hosts has managed to get the stems. So that, that's like the, the isolated, you know, studio recording parts of, of just the vocals of say, let's go crazy by Prince. And okay. like, here's just the drums and here's just, and they really take apart the song and talk about like, oh, well, the way the drum sound here is actually an interp interpolation of the drums from this old Motown recording. It's just like fascinating. Cool. Very fun, very interesting, um, and I've been enjoying it. It's you know, it, it's two guys. Like there's there's a lot of uh, what do I want to say? Joyous conversation, like wow. uh, whatever. Just it's it's uh, it's not for children. I, I think do they they drop some language. <laughs> they don't drop too much language. It's not it's not out there. It's not way in your face f-bombs yeah um, but it's not always appropriate for kids but it's it's just if you want to geek out like if there's specific songs that they talk about i want to hear that if it's a song that i don't know very well i'm not listening to that episode probably sure. but actually yeah. i've started listening to just every single one but they've been they talked about new orders blue monday which is right up my alley as a as a uh died in the world gen xer um prince's let's go crazy uh rehab by amy wow Winehouse, you know, these are just, it's just fun. It's yeah. a, lot of, a lot of fun. So the podcast itself is called It's one called song? One Song. Okay. And you cool. can find it on all those podcast players and on YouTube. Okay. We've reached the double bar line. Thank you for listening to Music Teacher Coffee Talk. Show notes can be found at musicteachercoffeetalkpodcast.com. You can connect with us on Facebook or Instagram. Just look for Music Teacher Coffee Talk. If you enjoyed the show, please consider subscribing, rating, and leaving us a review on iTunes or whatever podcast player you use to help others find this podcast. And we always appreciate folks buying a, us a coffee, so look for that link on our show notes and on our Facebook page. Next time, we'll continue our series about recipes for success in lesson planning and talk about transitions. So until next time, this is Carrie. And this is Tanya wishing you happy musicking.